This is It Just Takes One. One person, one experience, one idea, one moment to change your life. Here's what's coming up on today's show. Vulnerability is a very key emotion and we're terrified of it. And we're terrified of it because throughout the course of our life, maybe you said or did something vulnerable that someone judged you for or someone used against you or called you names. And now you're afraid of that emotion and you don't want to show that emotion. When in reality, if you want to succeed in life, if you want to grow in life, if you want to heal in life, you have to be vulnerable. Welcome back to It Just Takes One. This is Kelly, and we have another episode with one of our authors. Today, I am interviewing Jenna Mango. Jenna Mango is the recent best-selling author of the book, Choose to Rise. Now, if you've been listening to some of the podcast episodes this year, you will know that Greg and I have had an opportunity to work with some really talented young authors. Several of our recent books have been by young 20-somethings, and Jenna is one of them. Jenna is 26 years old. In just 26 years of life, she has experienced some pretty big challenges. And through those challenges, she has chosen to rise, to get 1% better every day, to keep growing and to keep learning. And she shares not only her story in the book, but also the lessons that she learned. She shares some of that with us as we talk in our conversation today. But I also wanna share just a little bit about the beginning of the interview. In the beginning, I asked her to share the story of how she and I met. We met about five months ago at a live event. And the story of how we met is one of those perfectly, perfect synchronicities, those perfectly aligned moments that happen in life and that you can't help but stop to appreciate. So that's where the conversation begins and it takes off from there. I invite you to sit back and listen in as Jenna Mango shares her story. Hello, Jenna. Welcome to It Just Takes One. Great to see you today. Great to see you. Thank you so much for having me. I am really excited to talk with you. As I was prepping for this call, I was calculating the months that it's been since I met you, literally five months ago, right? Yes, exactly. And I start today by telling that story because in five months, something incredible has happened. But actually the way that it happened was equally incredible. So I want them to hear this from your words and share a little bit about how you and I met and sort of the kismet that happened in that moment. Absolutely. It was wild. So Todd actually invited us. It was an open invitation to come peek in at his mastermind retreat that weekend. And I had peeked my head in a couple weeks before, but I was like, you know what? I really want to try and peek my head in, maybe stay a little bit longer this time and see what they have going on. And so I went up and he did something that he didn't do the first time. He made me come up in front of everybody 
and introduce myself and talk about how I got here because I moved to San Diego all the way from Connecticut and I moved here in May of this year. So I'm telling that story of how I ended up working at Fitness Quest 10 and living in San Diego. And then his assistant, Julie, was like, oh, why don't you stay for the activity? There's a seat right up in front. And it was in between this woman and this gentleman. And I was like, okay, I'm going to sit and you know listen in on the activity. I didn't plan on participating. I didn't have anything with me but my cell phone. And the woman next to me hands me a piece of paper and a pen so that I could participate. And so I, I participate in the activity. And then my intention was to leave. And then two other gentlemen stole me and said, nope, you're staying for the whole day. You're part of our group. We're going to discuss what we just did. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'm staying. Long story short, that one meeting ended up keeping me there for the entire day. And I participated in all the activities that you had, all the discussions that you had. And it ended up being this one final activity where you had to talk about a project that you had been working on. And of course, the people in the mastermind group were fitness pros and business professionals. And, you know, I I didn't have any of that. And for me, moving here, it's like, well, yeah, my big goal is to, you know, build up my client base and get to know people and get to know San Diego and make a whole new life here in California. And one of the gentlemen, his name's Andrew, said, well, there's got to be something that you're working on. And I said, well, you're right. I've been working on an autobiography and it's my hope one day to have it published. And he was like, well, I, you know, I've written a book before and he was giving me advice on it. And my number one fear was that I was scared to be vulnerable and put my story out there into the world. And he said, well, what happens if that could save somebody when your words can save somebody? Mm. And I was like, you're right. He said, we're going to announce this to the group. So we all collect together again and Todd is going around and, you know, asking people, what did you talk about in your, in your small groups? And he gets to Andrew and Andrew talks about my autobiography and Todd bows his head, looks back up, smiles and said, Jenna, do you even know who you're sitting next to right now? And I'm looking to my left, to my right. I'm like, no, he goes, that is Kelly, CEO of Scripter Publishing. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I'm sitting right next to you. And the woman that hands me the piece of paper and pen was you. <laughs> and it was just wild. And all of a sudden, you take the paper away from me again. You write your name, your phone number, your email, and said, I'll expect to hear from you by Monday. Mm-hmm. And then we had a call on Monday. I told you about my story. And you said, that's it. We're publishing this. And, and so that, that's the story of how we met. <laughs> it is such a crazy story. And the coolest thing is just as we got on this call, you said that your, your proof copy of the book is in the mail being shipped as we speak. And you should have it in your hand by the end of this week. Yes. Absolutely amazing. You know, what's interesting as you were just describing that story, Jenna, is 
all of that exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. But when you described, I, I handed you that pen and paper, which I did because I wanted to give, have you take notes and, you know, there was going to be some interesting content. So I gave you pen and paper, but it never occurred to me till you just said it, how metaphorical that is, that it was a pen and paper that I handed to you, right? Yes. Wild. So wild. I love that because I absolutely believe that when you put something out into the universe and you're you're passionate about it and there's enough energy to drive it forward, that the people that you need to help you get there just happen to show up. And and that is exactly what happened that day. (laughs) Absolutely. And it was just wild that, you know, I didn't even plan on staying. And for Julie to say, hey, there's a seat right there. Go, go sit there. And I sat next to you the whole day and had no idea who you were until the last half hour, maybe. Exactly. And even, even on top of that, the fact that you were in San Diego to begin with, because you're not from San Diego. And this book was written before you got to San Diego. Yes. So the idea for all of this had nothing to do with San Diego in the moment that it began. But let's talk about that. So so going from this really crazy moment and where we can sit here and say that that book will be in your hand within days now to backing up to how you got to San Diego in the first place, which is which is the end of the story of the book. And will kind of get us into that. So you moved to San Diego. Why? Share why you even ended up there to begin with. Of course. So. I've lived in Connecticut my entire life. I'm from a very small town called Bethel. And after graduating with my undergrad, the plan was never to stay in Connecticut. That was never the plan. I knew I was never meant to be a Connecticut girl for life. And so things kept happening in my life that kept me there. And yes, it was my choice to stay there. But during this time, I had also been following Todd for a very long time because I watched the show Strong when I was in college. And I immediately felt a a connection with Todd as well as another trainer. I just wanted to be like them. And I looked up to them on the show and then went and followed them on social media. And then obviously, you know, with Todd, coming back onto the show and making a run for the finals. I was like, this man is absolutely incredible. And everything that he embodies is incredible. So continued to follow Todd. And I got my master's degree in something unrelated to fitness. I was a psychology undergrad and behavior analyst master's degree. Still staying in Connecticut. I was a college field hockey coach at the time. And I lasted maybe 11 months in my career after my master's degree and hated it. Absolutely hated it. And I decided to do more of what makes me happy. And at this time, still following Todd and, you know, on Instagram, on Twitter. And I was like, why can't I do that? Why can't I be a personal trainer? Why can't I help somebody push past limitations that they set on themselves or that other people set on them? And so I handed in my two-week notice and pursued a career in personal training and was immediately after I passed my exam, 
hired by a company, Equinox. And so that meant working in Connecticut. And so continued to stay in Connecticut. And then year, year and a half, the pandemic. So during the pandemic, it almost forced me to hit a reset button because your entire business and all you know is now transferred to virtual. And so I lost some clients because some clients didn't want to do virtual training. I still had some clients, which was great. And I appreciated that. But it almost forced me to think about, well, what's my why? Why am I doing this? This is very challenging, not just for me, for everybody in the world. And so at this time, still listening to Todd's podcast, following him on Instagram, watching his stories, and he is still so positive. And being that light for everybody else. And so I thought to myself, you know, I've always wanted to live in California. I've always felt this drawn and this pull to California. And I've never been to California ever <laughs> at that point. I had never been to California, but I felt like I've always been meant to live there. So at this time, kind of realigned with my goals and I wanted to be a part of what they had at Fitness Quest. I always told myself, if you want to be a big dog, you have to surround yourself by big dogs. And it doesn't get any bigger than all the, the trainers and the people at Fitness Quest. So I decided to go online and see if they had any job openings. And they didn't. And all they had was an internship. And I was like, that's great and all. But I, at this time, you know, Equinox, all the gyms had opened back up. And, you know, I was getting my clients back. And I was like, I have something really great at Equinox. I can't afford to do an unpaid internship. So instead I found Jeff's and Todd's email, sent them an email and said, if you have anything open up in the future, I would love to be considered. Here is my resume and my cover letter. And I got an email from Jeff two hours later saying, can you hop on a Zoom call? <laughs> and so I hopped on a Zoom call with him and Jesse that week, the following week had a Zoom call with both of them and the entire leadership team. And then I thought I screwed up the whole thing because I didn't hear from Jeff for two weeks. I was like, oh, geez, I'm not getting the job. I screwed up this whole thing. Little did I know he was on vacation. <laughs> so when he comes back, he emails me and says, oh, can I have your references? Speaks to my references and then gives me a call and says, I want you to fly out here, spend a week, see if you could see yourself at Fitness Quest. And so I did. And I flew out for the week. And that was the first time I was ever in California. And the first time I got to obviously experience Fitness Quest, the first time I even met any of these people, the first time I even met Todd in person. And it was just the most wild experience. And Jeff offered me the job probably my first day or two there. And I still had a whole week to go. So it wasn't a matter of, oh, you're out here for a final interview. The, the job was mine if I wanted it. What mattered was can you see yourself living here? Can you see yourself working here? So the remainder of that week was for me. And I didn't need to be sold on California at all. I mean, it's beautiful. And I didn't need to be sold on Fitness Quest because it pretty much just sold itself. And all of the members and all of the employees, I just wanted to be a part of it. And I felt like at this point in my life, it was time for me to leave. It was my time. 
And it also helped that Todd already had a sense of who I was because I did his book launch team for Get Your Mind Right during the pandemic. So that was also a little push to California as well. But it also gave me an insight into who I am and what I need as a person to do the work on myself to then be able to succeed, to grow, to heal and be where I am now. It's such an amazing story. There are so many pieces in there that I want to point out because I think they're really valuable in terms of of how you get to where you want to be in life. But I have to stop for just a second and and just catch the the listeners up because some people may not know Todd. So I want to make sure that they understand Todd. We're talking about Todd Durkin, who is my mentor, my boss, my coach, is now Jenna's boss as well and mentor and coach. and and Todd connects a lot of a lot of people, but I, I also want to stop and slow down because you knew him from his book launch, also from Strong. But the first time that you met him, I just want to pause for a moment and just have you describe that because I'm thinking it was also new. California was new. Fitness Quest Ten, like this is a big, big thing. This isn't like you're just going around the corner and, and, you know, meeting somebody new for the first time or, you know, that's in the building next door. This is huge. What was it like for you that first moment when you met Todd? It, it didn't feel real. I knew that I was going to meet him that day. I just didn't know when, because Jeff told me, oh, you'll probably meet Todd today. He has some of the football guys coming in to train. So you'll probably meet Todd. And I remember texting my parents when Jeff told me that. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm meeting Todd Durkin today. It was like a a celebrity. It was because I've looked up to Todd for so many years at that point that it was like I was meeting a celebrity. I was meeting my role model. And to me, that that just didn't feel real. It didn't feel like I was going to be in the same room as him. It was just a wild experience. And to constantly wait for that moment to happen, it made me really anxious. I was like, I just want to meet Todd already. I just, I want to see and experience if it's what I think in my head. Is meeting him, is he that amazing? I don't know. Is he really that amazing? And I remember sitting in Jeff's office, I had my back to the door because I was meeting Jeff and, you know, someone else for, you know, one of the first times and having a meeting with them. And all of a sudden the door opens and you just hear this loud voice (laughs) and I just stop. And I was like, that's Todd. I know that that's Todd. And all of a sudden he walks in he was like, Jenna. And he gives me this giant hug. And I was like, okay, no hesitation. We're just going in for the hug. Like I already knew him. Like I already met him. And I remember he looks at my water bottle. And I have this white hydro flask water bottle. And it has a Rocky Balboa sticker on it. And if you know Todd, you know he's a very big Rocky fan. But if you know me, you know I'm also a very big Rocky fan. And he looks at that and he goes, is that yours? Like, yeah, that's mine. He goes, that's it. Pack your bags. Get out here. (laughs) And I remember after that, texting my parents. I was like, yeah, so Todd saw my Rocky water bottle. Told me to pack my bags and get out here. I just thought it was the most crazy experience to finally meet your role model for the first time. And then he kept 
peeking in every so often during that day. And he would like bang on the window and look at me and say, get your mind right. And I would just giggle and he would just come up to me. Hey, how you doing? Oh, let me introduce you to this person. Let me introduce you to that person, making sure that I felt comfortable. And then after leaving Fitness Quest that day and talking to my parents and my dad asked, is he everything you thought he would be? And I was like, yes, and more. And it just, it made me feel so much better knowing that my role model was so true, so genuine, so authentic. It just, it made the decision so much easier because I knew that if you want to succeed in life, you have to surround yourself by people that are going to make you want to grow and level up. And Todd Durkin is one of those people for me, as I'm sure he is for you as well. Yeah, exactly. And in the way that the world works, Todd then turned around and wrote the foreword for you for your book. Yes, he did. And so listeners, when you get the book, which we'll talk about here, when you open it, you're going to hear some of this story from Todd's perspective and what it was like for him to meet Jenna, to, to know her from the launch team and then meet her in person and then um, talk to your parents because he had called your parents and had a conversation with them. And then, of course, you know, to, to be in that moment when you and I met and to be able to make the connection for you to write this book and to actually or to, to, to publish it. You had already written it. Um, was was pretty phenomenal. So I love all of the way that the world works with connections. I do want to go back again to some of those things that you pointed out in terms of moving from Connecticut to California, because so much of what you just said is is valuable to anyone out there who is thinking about maybe changing jobs or transitioning in some way to a new location or is thinking, boy, I wish that I could do this one thing, but I'm afraid to do it. Or I don't even know what I'm passionate about and what I love. So I don't even know where to begin. Jenna, you made that choice. You chose to go above and beyond to follow your dream. Can you talk a little bit more, share a little bit more about how you did that? It takes courage. It takes some kind of commitment and conviction and, and willingness to, to take a risk. How did you come to be able to, to do all of those things you described, which got you out to Fitness Quest 10 doing exactly what you love to do? Yeah, well, it just comes down to how badly you want something. If you want something bad enough, nothing is going to stop you from getting there. And if you're scared, that's even better. Because if you're scared of something, that means it's real. That means you want it, you desire it. And so you have to take that almost with a grain of salt, like, okay, I'm scared. But that means I really, really want this. So now what are you going to do? And how are you going to get there? You're going to go, you're going to network. Networking doesn't stop ever ever constantly network and reaching out to people that are already doing what you want to do. And maybe just having a conversation. How did you get to where you are? Hmm. Do you have any advice for me? Do you have anything 
that maybe I can improve on? What should I be doing? How do I get to where you are? And by that, you gather all this information and you look at it and you think to yourself, okay, how am I going to do this now? But now you need to look inside yourself. Are you ready to do this? Me personally, when I was still in Connecticut, this, this wouldn't have happened three, four years ago. No way. Because I was not ready to leave. I wanted to, but I wasn't ready. And mm-hmm. so I had to do the work on myself. I had to look deep inside myself and say, what can I fix to be the best possible version of myself to then go and do what I want to do? So I had to take care of myself first. And then when that was taken care of, it was okay. I still want this. I'm scared. What am I going to do? How am I going to do it? I reached out to people that were successful. So I reached out to Sean Light. I was part of Todd Durkin's book launch team. Okay, now how can I get to where they are? And so continue to network. At that point, part of Todd's book launch team, he had little question and answers. I threw in a couple questions. See if he would answer them. I put a post on Instagram and I tagged him in it and told him a little bit about my story. And I tagged him in it and he followed me and he commented on it. I I honestly don't even think he knows that. He (laughs) might, I'm not sure, but I have it. I remember fangirling at that point to my parents. I was like, Todd Durkin just commented and liked my post. And he followed me on Instagram. And then from there, like, okay, we're doing this. I'm scared, but we're doing this. And when it came time where I emailed Jeff and Todd, I was so confident in myself and my abilities that I knew the worst possible thing that could happen was they don't respond or they say no. And even then, that's not that bad. It's really not that bad because I know what I'm capable of and I took the risk and I put myself out there because I'm confident in myself and my abilities. And that would not have happened two, three, four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that you're talking about it in terms of how you have to recognize that the fear is actually okay. It can be a motivator. And if you just keep doing what you can do, control the controllables, as you say in the book, control the controllables and then work your way toward it. But Jenna, your decision to choose to rise, which is the name and title of your book, didn't happen overnight. It happened because you had actually experienced several things that had that had taught you to be more resilient and given you the ability to learn more about yourself. So let's start telling a little bit of that backstory and And let's start by just saying why you chose to title the book, Choose to Rise. Of course. So I, at 26 years old, have endured a lot of setbacks and obstacles and temporary defeats. And it started, my book goes from high school until here in California. That's a very, very big chunk of time. And there's, like you said, several things that happen in that chunk of time. So I've gone through heartbreak, toxic relationship, 
abuse, bullying, harassment, family struggles, sports injuries, invisible illnesses, death in the family, and then moving your entire life across the country. There is a lot in that chunk of time that happens to someone who's only 26 years old. And through it all, and how hard a lot of these things were, I still chose to rise. I still made that choice because that choice is mine. It's not my mom's, it's not my dad's, it's not my friend's. The choice is mine. And like you said, I talk about controlling the controllables. I have to do that. I have to make that decision. It's nobody's choice but my own. I could easily sit there and wallow in self-pity. Of course, that's the easy thing to do. But I know that I'm destined for more. And so I continued to make that choice and always choosing to rise and get 1% better every day in every aspect of my life to get to where I want to get. And that's why I titled the book, Choose to Rise. And I also spelled the word rise differently. I spelled it R-1-S-E. And the reason being is because I'm a huge advocate for getting 1% better every day in every aspect of your life, not in the, not just in the weight room, everywhere. Everywhere you have to make the decision to get 1% better every single day because small actions, small habits will add up over time and get you to where you want to get, no matter what your goals and aspirations and dreams are. And so that's why I made the choice to title my book, Choose to Rise. I'm, I'm so happy to talk about some of this because I keep thinking that some of the listeners out there, maybe they're 20-somethings, or maybe they're parents of teenagers or kids who are experiencing some of what you went through. Maybe, maybe they've got a daughter that's in a tough relationship. Maybe there's been an illness or death in the family. And I'm thinking myself as a parent, how often you want to do something to encourage your young children to, to continue to to rise up, to, to get back up, to get through the tough stuff and, and rise. And, and I can't help but think that the way that you have learned it so that you share it the way you just did, the lessons that you've learned can help some of these listeners. So speak to them. Let's say that there's somebody out there listening right now and they are either a 20-something or they are a parent of a teenager or an early 20-something two or three things that you would share with them, a couple of ideas that might help them to choose to rise, to get that 1% better today? So the first piece of advice I would give them is to be vulnerable. Vulnerability is a very key emotion and we're terrified of it. And we're terrified of it because throughout the course of our life, maybe you said or did something vulnerable that someone judged you for, or someone used against you, 
or called you names. And now you're afraid of that emotion and you don't want to show that emotion. When in reality, if you want to succeed in life, if you want to grow in life, if you want to heal in life, you have to be vulnerable. If I wasn't vulnerable at that mastermind retreat, you and I wouldn't have connected. If I wasn't vulnerable to even go to that mastermind retreat, you and I wouldn't have connected. I wouldn't have met the uh, other incredible people that day. If I wasn't vulnerable, I wouldn't even be in California. So if you want to succeed and grow and heal in life, you have to be vulnerable. Because when you tell people things that you want to do, now that adds an accountability factor as well. But you wouldn't have that accountability factor if you weren't vulnerable. So if I wasn't vulnerable, like I said, you and I wouldn't have connected. And then you wouldn't be holding me accountable to get this done. And so this book, Choose to Rise, would still be on my computer right now. And no one else would have seen it. It would just be an idea at this point. And that goes for anything in your life, is to just be vulnerable. And the next piece of advice I would give is you're not alone ever in anything in your life because there is someone out there that can connect with you. There's someone out there that has been through that situation or a similar situation. So you are never alone. And so don't sit there and keep everything to yourself and have it all build up where you can't heal, where you can't grow or succeed. Talk about it, whatever it may be. You're not alone. Bullying, I've experienced bullying in my life. You'll read it in my story. I am not the only one that's ever been bullied in their life. Yet at that moment in time, I felt like I was. And all I needed was someone to tell me you're not alone. And that's what I needed in my life was someone to tell me this situation, this bullying, invisible illness, family struggles, you are not alone ever. And so then that ties in with being vulnerable. Open up about it. Be okay and know that it is okay to talk about it. Because someone out there has been through it and they can help you. So be vulnerable and you're not alone. Excellent. Excellent pieces of advice. I, I agree with you. And, and I think you're absolutely right. We are afraid to be vulnerable. There's the, the fear of judgment. There's the fear that people are going to think less of us. There's a fear that we're going to disappoint somebody. Um, there's a fear that we might hurt somebody if we're vulnerable, right? So there's the, there's a lot that goes along with it. And, and I, I absolutely agree to remember that you're not alone. I do think when you're feeling down, it's really easy to feel isolated and to feel like no one's going to get it. No one's going to understand what, what I'm going through and, and I, and I can't share it. No one will get this. So great, great pieces of advice. And you didn't learn those because somebody told you, you learned those because you went through it. Some of the stories in your book are going to really resonate with, with these listeners because you went through some things that all of us have experienced in some way, shape, or form at different points in our life. You just happened to experience them in a 
pretty short, compact amount of time um, at a young age. But let's just peel out just a little bit more so that the the listeners know when they go to read the book, they know a little bit more of what's in there. A lot of your story really revolved around the relationship that you were in and, and your processing of this toxic relationship that you found yourself in. Share a little bit about that relationship and, and even some of the things that you think came out of that relationship that you're using now. Yeah. So I was in a relationship for about four, four and a half years. And I met this boy when I was 17. So right before I left for college and dated him throughout my entire college experience. And what had happened was when we both left for school, I went to Springfield College and he went to a school in Vermont. I knew that it wasn't a good one. And because of that, I used journaling as a form of coping and a coping mechanism to get through this relationship and to kind of put my ideas and my thoughts on paper and realize this isn't normal. This isn't love. But yet I stayed. And I stayed because I was scared. This was the first time I was away from home. This was my first real relationship. And I didn't know how to be my own anchor. And so I used him as an anchor. And I relied on him to make me happy when I couldn't make myself happy. And because of that, I gave him the power to hurt me, to be toxic and have this unhealthy relationship with someone. I gave him all of the power to do that. And over time, that broke me. Year one, year two, you know, I I had transferred at that point to a new university, Eastern Connecticut State University, still dating him. And the relationship, as the years progressed, just got worse and worse and worse. For every good day, there was two or three bad ones. I cried more than I smiled. I was afraid to do anything because I didn't want it to be an argument or a fight. And because of this, I lost sense of who I was. I looked in the mirror and didn't even recognize myself. I hated the person that was staring back at me. And so throughout this relationship, it was just this big journal. And going back and seeing some of these things, I thought to myself, this isn't love. This isn't how a relationship should be. And so when the time came for us to break up, I still had all of these journal entries and these journal entries weren't just about him anymore. They were about how I was feeling in school or what my family was going through. And then something happened within my family that I took all of this and said, I have something really special here. And I now know that I am not the only young female that is in or has been in a toxic, unhealthy relationship. And yes, that relationship went on way longer than it should have, but it had to for a reason. 
And the reason being, I can take what I learned in this relationship to then put that out in a story to then help someone else, whether they're currently in one or whether they have been in one and still aren't fully healed from that. Like I said, you're not alone. You're never alone. And fast forwarding now to where I am in my life, healed from that situation, I realize that and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the hurt. I'm grateful for it because it's given me this voice and this book and this platform to then help other people as well. Yeah, it's really, there's a couple of really important things in there. One, I really loved how you said, I, I couldn't be the anchor for myself. And so I used him as my anchor. That is a really powerful statement. And I just wanted to repeat it because I think, again, there are listeners out there who are going to resonate with that, that are going to say, oh, I recognize that in some relationship that I've been in or that I might currently be in. And that when you're not anchored and secure in, in yourself and, and you've lost who you are, as you described, how easy it is to just give that power away. And, and even though it's internally, you recognize that's just not right. Something's not right. It's not fitting. Um, it does explain why we stay in those relationships longer than somebody from the outside thinks we should, right? Um, yeah. It's not so easy to just walk away from because we haven't really fully figured out who we are yet. Absolutely. And, you know, even if you haven't been in a relationship like this, I can almost guarantee maybe the relationship is in a different form. Maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a friendship, or maybe it is a relationship. Mm-hmm. There's somewhere where this connection is similar. So you're just not alone. And you need to be confident and secure in yourself and happy with yourself in order to be in a healthy relationship. And unfortunately, at that point in time, at 17 years old, when we dated, I didn't have that. And that's why I said what I said. Because I, I wasn't that. And so, yeah, I gave him the power to control me, to say these things, because I wasn't secure in myself. And if you're not happy with yourself, you can't rely on someone else to make you happy. And that's unfortunately what I did at that time. Mm, It's so true. It's so true. I remember one person described it to me uh, many years ago that it's like two trees in the forest. You know, the trees are beautiful and, and stand on their own just fine. And they have these deep roots and they grow upward. But sometimes one of them starts to lean. And when you start to lean, you lose that integrity, right? You, the tree starts to give and sometimes pulls up out of the ground, starts, starts, to, starts to die away, fade away. And if it gets too heavy and it leans too hard, then the whole thing collapses, right? So the idea is that you can be yourself and be, these, be, a, be a tree and whoever you're in relationship with is their own tree. And then where the branches merge is where your relationship is the space between us. Yes. yes, you should bring someone into your life that adds to your already existing happiness, 
not the sole reason for your happiness. Mm, So well said. So many good nuggets in there. (laughs) I don't want to give away too much of the story because I do want people to go ahead and read the book and you're going to hear how Jenna worked through this. You're going to read how she worked through it. And, and the moment when she finally said enough was enough, it didn't, it didn't come in one moment, right? It was a, a little bit here and then a little bit more and then another instance. But at some point, do you remember that moment where you finally said enough is enough? I'm out of this relationship. Yes. I, I, yes, I do remember that moment because it's also the same moment that I gained strength and confidence in myself again. And it was when I picked up mixed martial arts. And yes, you're, you're right. I, I worked through those moments. You'll hear it in the book. And, you know, there's, there's a little bit here. There's even more there. And, oh, we're getting there. Oh, maybe we take a step back. Oh, but we're still close. But when I pick up mixed martial arts and those coaches believe in me, And not just believe in my abilities in the gym, but believe in me as a person and my abilities outside of the gym is when I gained all of this strength and this confidence back where now I look in the mirror and I'm actually liking what I see. There's this strong, confident girl who's sparring with all the guys who has coaches believing in her as a person and as an athlete where now I know 100% that the person that's holding me back isn't myself anymore. And so I have to cut those ties. And then that's what I ultimately ended up doing. And yes, it was hard. It was scary. And the reason it didn't happen earlier was because I was so comfortable and I didn't want to lose that. But then having so much confidence in yourself, you're like, I can do anything. I don't need you. I have myself now. I found myself. I'm confident. I'm strong. And I don't need you. I don't need to rely on you. And then that's the moment that the relationship finally ended. I am a huge believer in the mind-body connection. And those of us in the fitness industry that work with people often find that that sense of self returns when you get control of your physical body again, Um, understanding it, feeling it physically and feeling good about it. And then how that affects your mindset, how that affects your emotional uh, health and all of those things. So, um, absolutely a really powerful thing when you, when you get physically fit, it, it changes everything. Jenna, the other thing that you talked about that I do want to spend a moment on is the idea that when you were going through that relationship, you spent a lot of time journaling and obviously the journal then eventually became the, the book. Certainly writing is a cathartic medium. You can really work through a lot when you put pen to paper and, and you did that. But again, thinking of listeners out there who are thinking about writing a book, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your writing process. Yes, you journaled and then yes, you got it to a book. 
how did you make it into the book? And then share a little bit about the process you and I went through and your editor, uh, copy editor went through to, to really just get the book to where it is today. Yeah. So of course it started out as journaling. And then as the years went on that I was dating him, the journaling wasn't always just about him because I actually almost got addicted to journaling. Because yes, I was journaling about him, but then I was journaling about what happened in my day. And then where I feel like I went wrong in my life that I had met him and then my family. And then, you know, just me as a person, my childhood. So the journaling just continued. It wasn't always just about him. Majority, yes. But there were these little pieces that had nothing to do with him. And so when it when the moment came for it to turn into a book, I had almost a base already. I had already discussed my childhood. There you go. There's the beginning. And so I slowly took these bits and pieces and almost mapped them out as a timeline to start my childhood. And then, you know, I wrote about high school and then I wrote about college and then it just continued. So I had already had these pieces. I just had to move them around a little bit. I had to expand them a little bit to then get to where it was before I had met you. And then when I met you and when we started collaborating and reading it together and editing, and you forced me to dive even deeper into a lot of these situations. And you had said, this is a very crucial point in your life. And you don't really talk about it that much. Can you dive deeper? Can you tell me, you know, what do you see? What do you hear? Put yourself back in that moment and just elaborate. And I remember that being one of the hardest things to do, aside from constantly reading the book, because it was almost like I had to relive all of these hard experiences. And of course, all the ones that need to be elaborated on are the hardest ones to write about. And the reason that they were so broad was because they were still a journal entry that I was not ready to dive deep into. And so that's why they were where they were. And you forced me to dive deeper. And in return, there was a reward in that. Because in return, that was a healing process that I didn't even know was possible. And so if you're out there and you're thinking of writing a book, sometimes writing a book is a healing process. And it could also be someone's lifeline. And so it's just crazy to think about that it started as a journal, made its way into a book, and now it's a, it's a published autobiography. <laughs> and so my process you know, probably not the first one that it started out this way. Definitely not going to be the last, but it was a process I wouldn't regret. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was so enjoyable to work through that process on one level because I, I knew you had it in you because you were clearly a good writer and it was a good story and, and being able to coach you to that next level. And I also understood how challenging that was 
challenging emotionally, challenging, just even just having the, the energy to sit down and do it because, you know, you kind of think it's done and it's ready. And then there's, wait, there's more. Um, and then you have to sit down and do it again. So I understood the challenge, but you handled it so beautifully. And, and I think the result is that the reader is going to get just another layer. They're going to feel it with you. They're going to be there with you because you did such a beautiful job diving into that next level. Yes. And it was, it's kind of funny. You don't even know this. I didn't even tell you this, but it was funny when I first sent you the manuscript. And I remember I had a dream that night that you emailed me back and you said, this is awful. Don't ever write again. And I was so far into my head thinking, what, how, how can I even do this? And then talking with Todd, everybody has a story in them. It's just a matter if you want to share it or not. And it's okay if you don't. It's great if you do. But if you think I could never write a book, you're wrong because you can't. Because everyone has a story inside them. And I, I realized that. And so as much as I you know, had these dreams and I thought to myself, oh, Kelly's going to be so mad at me. I need to make another edit. <laughs> it was all part of the process. And I'm not the first and I'm not the last. And anybody can do this. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's so true. Um, everyone does have a story. I always say everyone has at least one book in them and it's their story. For the exact reason, Jenna, that you wrote your book. Because you experienced some things, you learned some things, and now you can share some of those things. So thank you for all of that. Such wise words and, and really important. Before we finish, though, I am guessing that as the listeners are hearing this, they're intrigued and they're <laughs> loving some of these lessons and wanting to learn more. So where can they find the book, Jenna? And where can they follow you? What's the best way for them to follow you? Yes. Yeah, so you can find Choose to Rise on Amazon November 9th. And it is available as a paperback and an ebook. And you can follow me on Facebook, Jenna Mango, or Instagram, which is jmang13. And it's spelled J M A N G G G 13. Fantastic. Fantastic. So please follow Jenna. As you can tell and as you can hear from her, she is wise beyond her years, is just a fabulous person and has just so much to give. And I can't wait to see where all of this continues to lead you, Jenna. There's so much ahead of you. But before we finish today, I want to close out with the question that I end with every podcast episode with, because it's such an interesting question. And that is, what does the phrase, it just takes one, mean to you? It means to me that it just takes one person to believe in you. And while I had more than one person, I had my parents, I had my MMA coaches, I had Todd, I had you. At the end of the day, I need to believe in myself. And so it just takes one person to believe in you. And that person is you. And you can accomplish anything that you set your mind to as long as you always choose to rise and believe in yourself. 
Bam. There you go. Excellent. Excellent uh, words of advice and just um, just a, a beautiful message for all of us. Jenna, congratulations. It has been a fabulous five months and, uh, <laughs> and I can't wait to get the book in my hand myself and we'll be doing that. It comes out on November 9th. I will make sure all of that gets into the show notes. And Jenna, again, thank you so much and best of luck with everything. Thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for everything you have done throughout this process. We'll talk soon. Yes. And there you have it, Jenna Mango, best-selling author of Choose to Rise. Jenna is such a poised and mature young woman, and I know you could hear that in her interview. She's been through a lot. She's been through a lot at a very young age, but rather than be defeated by the challenges, she's chosen to rise. She's chosen to rise again and again because she has a deeper purpose because she's driven to do something greater. One of those things that she's done is to write this book so that she can share the lessons she's learned with all of us. I also wanna point out, she talked a little bit about her writing process. And I think that's important, especially if you are a listener out there who has wanted to share your story. Maybe you have yet to share it because you're afraid about being vulnerable. Or maybe you don't know where to begin. If that's the case, then I hope you take Jenna's lessons to heart. She started by just consistently journaling, by just writing out what was happening to her. And eventually, all those journal entries became part of a book. She also said that it's absolutely okay to be vulnerable, that it's the vulnerability that provides opportunity and allows us to make better connections. And that as you connect, you find your way toward your goal. That's what happened with Jenna and I on the day that we connected at that retreat last June. And the same can happen for you. And so that brings us to the end of another episode of It Just Takes One. Thank you for joining us as we share these books and the stories that our authors are putting out into the world. Stay tuned for our next episode coming soon.